Hello and welcome to the Baseball Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Caster. Here as always, my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how's it going? Mm. Whatever. Uh, hey, at least we'll, uh, at least we're going to get a win in the call, it looks like, which is, <laughs> which is good, which is good. Cause we, we, we needed a win there desperately. I thought you were going to say at least one of us is excited, but you know, that, that makes sense. One of us is excited. The other one is questioning all of his life's choices. See, you can never underestimate the effects of a good week in fantasy. Well, I've, and then a down week in fantasy. You could tell who had the good week and who had the down week. I guess, yeah, I can amend that and say you can never underestimate the effects of a good and a bad week or a good or a bad week in fantasy. Yeah, well, it's been, uh, it's been a week. It's been a week, but as always, can't wait to uh, have our Sunday night therapy session. Well, that's one way to put it. Yeah, well, this is it. <laughs> so speaking of our co-owned team, what a bounce back for our quarterback. Thank God. The Oregon product surfer dude, Justin Herbert. Thank God. Bless him. Bless that beautiful man. By the way, we are recording this before Sunday Night Football. So, of course, Matthew Stafford, Ryan Tannehill, and company will not be discussed. Right. I mean, this will be out before Monday night, before Sunday night football even starts. So, yeah, just a disclaimer in that regard. You know, I didn't even realize because I that jet game, fuck that jet game. But Josh Johnson had a really good week. Yeah. Yeah. Number four quarterback on the week. Made it look close. I'll tell you that. This was this was a very interesting week for for the QBs in in general 230 point quarterbacks so love that mm-hmm. but I mean when you have the top 10 being Herbert Lamar Matt Ryan Josh Johnson Carson Wentz Kirk Cousins Teddy Bridgewater Jimmy Garoppolo Jack and Baker Mayfield you got one two three, four, you have five guys. You have 50% of the top 10 that for the large part were not started in a lot of leagues. Matt Ryan, Josh Johnson, Teddy Bridgewater, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Baker Mayfield. I thought you were going to say like the large percentage of these players were just drafted, period. Well, you could could even say that. You could say, you you could probably even say that with Carson Wentz. That maybe he wasn't he was not owned in 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 a, in a couple spots. It's possible. It's possible. But I mean, guys that were for the most part started. You started Derek Carr, let down. Josh Allen, let down. Patrick Mahomes, let down again. Joe Burrow, let down. You know, a lot of the 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 higher end quarterbacks did not have particularly good weeks, unless your name was Lamar Jackson or or Justin Herbert. Not to mention the barrage the array of starting quarterbacks that didn't even play this week yes yes as as we mentioned on the preview show that kyler was going to be out so hopefully 
Hopefully you were ahead of the game on that one. Aaron Rodgers being out for being, I don't even know anymore. That interview, I just Tua being out for this week and potentially longer with a, with a fracture of his middle finger. Yeah. No one seems to know about that one. That, that was one I asked throughout the day with uh, various people to see if they knew what was going on and, everyone kind of came back with the same sort of response that he could play, but they decided to not play him. This is really a banner week for players being put on the COVID list and being ruled out of games. You have Aaron Rodgers who tested positive. Drew Locke was put on the COVID list pretty recently. Trubisky was put on the COVID list pretty recently. Um, you know, this is probably the most like high profile names being put on the COVID list since last season. I feel like maybe, maybe I have goldfish memory, but I don't remember too many um, positive COVID tests or close contacts affecting games in this sort of way. Uh, well, definitely when you have Aaron Rodgers being one of them, I mean, yeah, that's, that's big. I mean, probably the next closest thing would have been, you know, if we had Lamar or, or Justin Herbert, or any of the any of the big name quarterbacks. You know, if Tom Brady tests positive one week, uh, Patrick Mahomes. Let's 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 say. Um, but we had that again, happen you know, last year. Lamar tested positive last year, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah. You know, we 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 went. Uh, we had that period without uh, without Lamar. But um, I mean, yeah, just just generally from this quarterback position this week, it just was it was tough. It was a tough place to be unless you were uh unless you struck gold with with a lot of these guys i mean i mean if you you had lamar justin herbert you were starting them regardless but if you made the call to maybe kirk cousins was out on your waivers and you picked him up he gave you a nice return of 21 points carson wentz you picked him up saying oh he's playing the jets got you a 23 there you picked up matt ryan in a spot start he gave you a 27 piece you know those are that's good managing and you, and, and you definitely did well but I think for the most part, you know, you have Dak, who for for a large chunk of that game was at three points. I mean, that's a whole other conversation that needs to be had as to whether or not Dak was ready. Me personally, I don't think so. But I mean, I was told that I was crazy. So, you know, what the fuck do I know? Uh, Jalen Hurts, that 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 is another conversation that has to be had about what to do with Jalen Hurts, because it's it's just getting to a point where. They're getting to the one-two yard line. They're not even giving him an opportunity. They're not even giving him an opportunity to pick up his legs. They're just handing it off to the running backs, and the running backs are just getting are getting these touchdowns. And it's, it's just it's Jordan getting Howard. To, yeah, it's getting to a point now where you have to just say to yourself, "Can I continue to start Jalen Hurts while he provides a solid floor? What's the ceiling?" And the answer probably is, I don't know. I don't know what the ceiling is with him. It, it it's. It's daunting because we're talking, we were talking about two weeks ago, a guy that didn't even put up a game of sub 20 fantasy points. And now we're having this conversation of is Jalen hurts worth starting in fantasy. And, you know, we're, we're, we're getting to a point in the season now where you got to make tough calls. And I know for me where I started Jalen hurts this week, I mean, I started him in two spots, but, the one place where I have him, where it's not super flex, I'm going to drop Jalen Hurts. I have no, I have no use for him anymore. 
wow, that's a bold, really? You're gonna I, I have Jalen no Hurts? use for him. He's never going to start for me over Tom Brady, ever. Well, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Ever. But th- that's the point, is you got to assess the quarterback situation that you have. If you have Jalen Hurts, if Jalen Hurts is your clear-cut number one guy. You can't just outright say, oh, I'm going to drop Jalen Hurts and not provide the context that you have Tom Brady. You have to assess the spot. You have to assess, you know, what your quarterback situation is. I mean, in my Superflex, my trade deadline is in eight days. I have to make a decision on what my quarterback position is like. I'm probably going to have to go get a quarterback because right now I don't feel good about going the rest of the way with Jalen Hurts as my number one guy. I I, I just don't. I'm going to be in in that in that league. I'm going to I'm going to be it's, it's two opponents a week, but I'm going to be nine and nine. Where two weeks ago I was sitting at nine and five, so it's four losses in a row. God, that's so weird. Two opponents a week. I love it. I love it. I know. I, I know. Jake. I can't, I Jake can't was giving you shit about. <laughs> Jake was giving you shit about it on the mailbag um, on Friday, but I. I also like. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's probably going to be traditionalist in both of you. <laughs> Think outside the box. I don't it's know. I just. Great. It's, it's weird. It's great, and I highly encourage everybody to do it. Okay. But. I mean, is there any quarterback in particular that you do want to just that you want to talk about? Well, I mean, for a good portion of that uh, San Francisco Arizona game, I was wondering which team had the backup quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Now it's really just garbage time with uh, with Garoppolo. I mean, he's so he's the guy that I have benched. He's the guy in that super flex that I keep referring to that. I have benched, and there it is again. Jimmy Garoppolo puts up a 35-piece in this league where Jalen Hurts is in my lineup with a 25. Wait, so this this league where it's two opponents a week, is this the one with all the super bonuses? It's with the bonuses, and it's six points per passing touchdown. Oh, you guys are so what, – what is this, like, hippie colony of – It's every league that's not ESPN. Every league that is not ESPN, for the most part, is six points per passing touchdown. ESPN just has to be different. You just live in like a commune of fantasy football radicals. Oh, I love it. I love it. Do a bunch of drugs and score six points for every passing touchdown. I love it. I love it. I mean, it's, it's, it's super flex. So the quarterbacks create a premium anyway. It's interesting. It's fabulous. But I mean, if I do that for a season, I might end up being on the same train as you are, but um, I don't know uh, what train I'm heading on. I, I feel like I'm on the train that's heading towards the abyss. But in any event, well, that's just depressing. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, this this game between the uh, yeah the Cardinals and the 49ers, I I mean, yeah, it kind of wor- it worked out at this point. Well, there's something that we'll be talking about in a few minutes. I think is more important than talking about Colt McCoy. Oh, yeah. And what is that? James Connors uh, value going forward. Now that Ch- uh, Chase Edmonds looks like he's injured. What a swift transition, Adam. Yeah. What a swift transition. That's why they pay me the no bucks. Sorry. Fair. Fair. James Conner in full point PPR has 40 points. With 10 minutes to go in this game. 40 points. 
if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. Yeah, he's got he's got 11 total touchdowns on the year after this, after week nine. 2018 called, and they want their James Conner back. I was a year early with picking him in the second round. I mean, holy shit. I mean, okay, great. I, I, I really, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, I honestly, if I dare even try and say it, this is like the best opportunity you're going to get to have to sell high on James Conner. Well, you're right. Because now if Chase Edmonds is out, if it turns out that Chase Edmonds is out for a while and with ankle injuries, you never know. A trick. And yes. But I mean, honestly, also, it seems like Chase Edmonds gets injured every year. Yes, which is which is why the Cardinals don't want him to be their featured guy. And, and it makes a ton of sense. Um, I think you're right. You're absolutely right that James Conner is a guy that you can definitely sell high on. Who do you think you can get for somebody like James Conner? I mean, depends how high you want to shoot. Um, I mean, I would definitely send an offer to the Saquon Barkley off, uh, owner, see if you can get something there. Um, maybe take James Conner and something else and see. I mean, I would say Nick Chubb, but after today, probably not. Maybe you could shoot for Zeke. Connor and something else for Zeke. Maybe you could try and shoot for, I don't know if anyone would do Connor and something else for McCaffrey. Probably not. I don't think the same thing with Delvin cook. You want to, you want to find an opportunity to upgrade. And the problem is, is that a lot of the, the, the big name running backs didn't necessarily have down weeks that you can kind of question why they had down weeks. Like, Aaron Jones is a great example. I don't think anybody and nobody's panicking over Aaron Jones. And it's the same thing that we'll talk about with Devontae Adams. No one is panicking over both of them because everyone realizes that they don't have Aaron Rodgers. Now, the question, the question uh, long term is, is going to be. And again, this this is not a, a, a vaccine or not vaccine conversation. This is just a what does the NFL do with Aaron Rodgers discussion? Is there a suspension in play? Is there potential punishment where Aaron Rodgers misses more than just this week versus Kansas City? The, the short answer is, I don't know. I think, I mean, I don't know. People say things all the time, so I'm not going to take this as gospel. But I think some people are saying, some sources are saying, like, you know, it might, he might not be suspended, but he shouldn't they be could, suspended. They could be, be, there could be fines and yeah, things it, like that levied. As a result of this, but you know, listen, this is, I think, frankly, I think he should be suspended for being in such flagrant disregard of the vet of the protocol and endangering his teammates. Absolutely not. I, I, I couldn't disagree more. I, I read it again. This is, this would be something that we just go back and forth on, but his teammates knew the organization knew the league knew everyone knew about it. It, it wasn't okay. like it was a big secret, but if it, not, it, if I, not his teammates, then the people that, the players that he's playing against, which I'm sure knew because within, within NFL circles, again, it just comes to what's in NFL circles and then us on the outside. We don't need to know who's, who has it and who doesn't in terms of 
the shot. Like that, that's just, you know, whatever, but it's not like, it's not like we're trying to figure out who has a nipple piercing or not. This is a serious health. This is a health issue. Yeah. But at the same, at the same time, people don't have to disclose whether they are or not to the general public, which is what I'm talking about. Obviously within NFL circles, I'm sure that players know who is and who isn't. I'm sure of that. Well, if you're not vaccinated, then you should be following the protocol to the T, including wearing a mask on the sidelines if you're not vaccinated. If like what Carson Wentz is doing. If Aaron Rodgers, if his thing is that he gets levied with fines and whatever, absolutely. He broke protocol. Fair. But is it something that he should be demonized over? Absolutely not. No way. And suspended? No. No, he didn't lie to anybody. The only people that he lied to was the general public. And at that point, and I hate I hate to be this guy, but fuck the general public, quite honestly. Quite honestly, it's none of our business. It's none of our business. I know every, everyone else is, you know, talking about it and saying whether they are or whether they aren't. But, you know, there are people that don't, that, that really are not going to go ahead and disclose. And I will say, I will say before we, you know, really touch on more running backs, this is going down deep, dark rabbit hole. The fact that he went on the Pat McAfee show and said that he took advice from Joe Rogan has got to be one of the most ignorant, dumb things I've ever heard in my life. How to damage your credibility in five seconds. Dr. Dr. Joe Rogan, apparently. I mean, look, look, he can do whatever he wants. He can do whatever he wants, but. You have to at least sound somewhat smart about what you're saying. And the fact that he just went out and said, oh, yeah, I talked to my good, my now good friend, Joe Rogan, about it. Like, huh? Does he have a PhD that I don't know about? Where do you get his PhD from? Clown College? Dana White University, apparently. Oh, God. Another one of my favorite human beings. I don't think I've ever seen Joe Rogan and Dana White in in the same room together. (laughs) I've. I'm sure they have been, and I'm sure it's a wonderful place. I would love to be there sometime because that's two of my favorite people on this planet. But, but it sounds like sarcasm, but no, no, no. I, I I absolutely adore Joe Rogan and I absolutely adore Dana White, but I'm not surprised when, when it's Aaron Rodgers coming out and saying that he took health advice from Dan, from Joe Rogan. That's another thing. I think, I mean, listen, my problem personally is with Aaron Rodgers, not taking the vaccine. If that's what this is. That that's that that is a personal issue of mine because I think the people should take the vaccine. But my issue, like from a professional standpoint, is that if the team knows that he's not vaccinated, why are you letting him just flagrantly disregard the protocols? Just because he's Aaron Rodgers? That's that well, that's I mean a, that's another question that has to be answered. If everybody knows, like you said then why are they letting him just be on the sideline without a mask and, you know, endangering people who might not be vaccinated on the team or something along those lines? Or let's say you're like, you're, you're a rookie or something, you're a young player, you're a young defensive end, and you have no idea about Aaron Rodgers' uh, vaccination status because you're not in that sort of uh, circle. You don't, you don't know. And you sack Aaron Rodgers, and you're and you're not vaccinated as a, as a young defensive end. I mean, he could give COVID to you. Like you can get COVID from that. Well, thankfully I mean, he didn't. 
thankfully he didn't because outside of um, what we know about with Devontae Adams, what we know from Alan Lazard, it looks like that game from Arizona, there have been no other positive tests that have come that have come from it. So, well, that's good. I'm just saying hypothetically, like what he's, what he did is so is incredibly selfish and dangerous. See, that's where we just, we're going to agree to disagree on that one. Okay. We're going to, we're definitely going to agree to disagree. All right. Because me personally, I, I, what he did, was it wrong? Yes. But is he the villain that people are making it seem him to be? No, no, he's not. Well, I don't know if he's a villain. He's just kind of an idiot. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even go that far, but again, we're, that's where we're just going to agree to disagree. Okay. So with running backs, interesting day for Denver. I know I'm sorry for bringing this up, but um, yeah. Interesting day for Denver, Melvin Gordon. He broke the top 10 as far as this recording is concerned. Mm-hmm. And um, Javante Williams also broke hundred yards, which is, which is nice, but uh, you'd like for him to score in that scenario, but whatever. We'll put it this way. We, we didn't start Melvin Gordon. We didn't start Javante Williams. We did make a trade for Devontae Booker. And if Devontae Booker stayed in the game, he probably would have been a top 10 play. So I don't feel too terrible about it. And we're probably going to win. So that's good. But, I mean, the, the, the Denver offense just had their day with Dallas. And, you know, they, they, you can go and, and talk about whatever you want with how Dallas looked. The only guy that looked like they, that they showed up for Dallas today was Micah Parsons. I mean, he was excellent. He was excellent in the day, but in terms of Denver, I mean, Tim Patrick looked like Randy Moss. I mean, nobody could cover him. Nobody. And Cortland Sutton was quiet. Jerry Judy had a solid day, six catch day for, for, for Jerry Judy, but the, the running backs just where they, where they made their money. Melvin Gordon, of course, as Adam, Adam said, scored at 21 carries in the game. It was very effective. Not too shabby there. And then Javante Williams has first 100-yard day. And the only thing with Javante, with Javante Williams that kind of sucked for him, and I guess it was kind of just game script sort of thing, was he didn't have any receptions on the day, didn't score. So he just had that 11.1, you know, for what it was. But, you know, if you're, if you're in leagues where you got a 100-yard rushing bonus, you got the bonus there. And, um, yeah, I mean, for, for me, again, it looked like Javante Williams was the more explosive back at times during that game. And I just, again, I just think it's a matter of time before Javante Williams takes over as the league, the league dog for, for the running back room in, uh, in Denver. So uh, if you have the opportunity to do so still, I would be trying to go get Javante Williams because I, 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 for me, I'm still riding it. I still think it's a matter of time before Javante Williams becomes the guy and he looks, he looks the part. Yep. Uh, two players I want to talk about also are two guys named Devonte, but they're spelled differently. Devonta Freeman of the Ravens, who had who also had a really great day, and then Devonte Booker of the Giants, who left with a hip issue. Yeah, which one do you want? Which one do you want to talk about first? Do you want to talk about? Oh, we'll talk about the uh, the the one that doesn't really have much fantasy implication moving forward. It's Devonte Booker. Uh, Saquon Barkley is coming back in two weeks. They have to buy next week, and then and then Saquon is at least for right now is on track to be back in week eleven against Tampa Bay. So Devontae Booker at that point probably becomes very very irrelevant, unless of course you have Saquon Barkley, and then of course you hold on to Devontae Booker. So 
overall, nice day for him. Left with the hip issue, but he's he's about to be very, very relevant for for fantasy. Unless, of course, like I said, you have Saquon Barkley. As for Devontae Freeman. Well, actually, I have a question about yeah, Devontae go Booker. Good, good. So, I mean, listen, I could be very late to the party. I think really the time to trade Devontae Booker to the Saquon Barkley owner, it was like a couple of weeks ago when Saquon Barkley first got injured. But do you think now in like a last gasp, like a, you got to make sure this doesn't happen again to you, like try and fee- try and send out something? Yep. Yep, I think so. I mean, again, you have to be, you have to be realistic about what your return is going to be, but you know, you're, you're not going to get, you may not even get a flex level player for, for Devonte Booker. But if you, if you're looking to go target a guy with a young guy with, with some upside. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's something that you could do. Like, let me, let me just find the manager for Saquon Barkley in the column very quick. And let me, I'll look at his team and I'll give an example of someone maybe that, you know, a a level of guy that we could go and get. So let me find this team. Okay. So maybe, and they really don't have a lot that I can, maybe you could take the Devontae Booker and try and trade. I'm I'm just looking at this team as an example, but going to try and get a guy like an Allen Robinson, maybe. Maybe. But even then, like I I don't even think maybe Booker has that much value. It's like another guy that you could look at is like an Amon Ross St. Brown, another another guy that's that's on his bench. And even then, I, it really just depends on what the Saquon Barkley's manager's team looks like and what you think you can get from that. But I'm just telling you, don't expect a huge return because it's it, 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 he's now a number two running back again. And Adam is Adam is 100% correct with what he just said. At the time to trade Booker to the Barkley owner to get a decent return was probably two, three weeks ago. He's 100% right about that. Yeah. We move on from one backup Giants running back to one former backup Giants running back. Um. Once again, the Ravens just their running back situation confounds me. Well, there was no there was no Latavius Murray, so everyone kind of knew Devontae Freeman was was going to be the the starter here, and yeah, he 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 looked quite good. The the touchdown really boosted his day big time. The receiving touchdown from from Lamar Jackson, but even on the ground, thirteen for seventy nine, uh, six point one yards per carry. Very good. Very good. His highest yards per carry on the year where he had more than five touches, and that only happened twice, but he had a 14.5 yards per carry against the Chiefs in week two where he got a grand total of two carries. So I don't know if you really want to call that, you know, a, a qualified stat, but do with that what you will. I mean, it helped. There were 65 points in this game, and everyone just seemingly got, you know, a, a real bulk of the work Hollywood had a great day Lamar had a great day like we touched on before yeah I was gonna say you know the leading the leading rusher for the Ravens was Lamar Jackson yeah well, well again he's he's the number one running back there <laughs> as, as per usual yeah he's he's the number one running back there and you know you just kind of roll got to roll with the uh roll with the punches and I I think I don't know if Jake said this on the mailbag but or it may have been after. I, I don't know, but 
he said to me something that was very, very interesting. And if I'm repeating what I said from the mailbag, then I, I forgive me. But I've been thinking about it all weekend, and I'm not sure how I necessarily feel about it. He said that even if J.K. Dobbins stayed healthy, J.K. Dobbins would have boned people. Now, I don't know how I necessarily feel about that because I think J.K. Dobbins is just better than all of these guys put together. That's an interesting take. But it's yeah, it's one that actually made me really think and say, hmm, does, does he actually have a point? Well, I mean, the Ravens running backs boned people last year when all of them were healthy because it was a committee with Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins and like occasionally Gus Edwards. Small pivot. Small pivot. The Yankees are interviewing Luis Rojas for their third base coach position. Oh, my God. Don't take the Mets used baggage, please. Don't. Don't. Do I that. hope Luis Rojas doesn't do that. He's such a nice guy. I'm sure he's a wonderful, wonderful man. And he could take over when Aaron Boone is fired. And then drag us into the ground. But more like if Aaron Boone is fired. He'll never be fired. If it's at the Brian Cashman, he'll be manager for the Yankees for the next 50 years. I have a question about hindsight. If it was up to Brian Cashman, Aaron Boone's corpse will still be manager of the Yankees. Go ahead. Do you think that we made a mistake when we traded away Marquise Brown for DJ Moore? Yes. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Massive, massive mistake. Yeah. Massive mistake. We should have been focused on, tra- on trying to trade Julio instead of the guy that was consistently producing for us because, yeah, Hollywood looks – he's the real deal. He's the real deal. I mean, it took long enough for him, but he's, he, he's, he's the real deal. Well, you liked him. I remember way back when, when we were doing our draft previews, you really liked him when he was coming out of college. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was a big fan. Big fan. And it's – it's hard to get behind a guy that's in the Baltimore offense catching passes from Lamar Jackson. Listen, I love the player. Lamar is unbelievable, but he just has these moments where you don't necessarily know what Lamar Jackson is going to come when he's throwing the ball. But he had all day, all day to throw versus Minnesota. And he made the most of his opportunities and he was just going for Hollywood Brown whenever he possibly could. It was a, it was an okay day for, for Mark Andrews, not up to his usual standards. And, and, and Hollywood really was on the, on the front end of that. And he had a, he had a, a very, very, very good day. But before we go to the, the, the receivers, I do want to talk about one guy, the return. No, well, I was just saying that because I, just because I was interested to see. Yeah, you wanted to rub it in. Yeah, thanks. I do whatever. Dick. Dickhead. We, Thanks. we agreed to throw in Marquise Brown. Yeah, I know. I know. And me even saying throw in Marquise Brown is like an affront to Marquise Brown. Yeah. Well, hey, it was a mistake, but you know, we're not we're not dead. We're not dead yet. It, it was not a catastrophic mistake, but Fucking you know, we, have, we definitely have to see something from uh, from Julio. I can't wait for this to be the coming out party for Julio. When we don't need him. Fuck Sam Darnold. Anyway. Hey, we need to see something from Jeremy McNichols stuff. Jeremy McNichols. No, Adrian Peterson. Lots of McNichols. Lots of Jeremy. 
So what else did you want to talk about? You want to talk Christian about McCaffrey? Oh, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that thing, that guy. Yeah. He's back. Oh, you, you and Jake had a fun discussion about that. I wish I, I need to be on the mailbag more because I, these discussions, I was listening to the show. And I was like, I wish I, I was there talking to bird and Jake about this sort of thing. Well, would you like to come on, 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 uh, on Thursday or Friday, whenever we do the mailbag? I can come on. Beautiful. Fantastic. Breaking news coming at you live. Adam's going to be on the mailbag this week. Um, 18 touches for McCaffrey. That's good. Came out of this game, did not report any issues. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. Hopefully did not have any issues. But as far as I know, Christian McCaffrey did not have any issues coming out of this game, which is terrific stuff. But if easing him back in is 18 touches first rip, then holy smokes. And I mean, he's got three very solid matchups next couple of weeks, Arizona, Washington, then at Miami. So there is the potential there for Christian McCaffrey to, uh, to get going. But the most, the, the key thing with him is that he has to stay healthy. He just has to. And, and I, I, I say this with all seriousness in the world, you can get into playoffs as a six seed or as a low seed, whatever it may be. But as long as Christian McCaffrey is healthy for you, you have a chance to win your leagues. That is how much of a game changer that Christian McCaffrey is when he is healthy. Emphasis, when. I believe they call that the Kucherov principle. Sounds something very similar, yes, to Mr. Mr. Nikita Kucherov. Um, but yeah, other than that, McCaffrey, you know, plug him in. He's an every week starter for you. And if you have Chuba Hubbard, this is probably now another good opportunity. You have two options. One, I mean, well, you technically have three, but you're not you're not releasing Chuba Hubbard back to the people. So rule that out. Option A is you keep Chuba Hubbard. And this is this is for if you don't have McCaffrey. If you have McCaffrey and you have Hubbard, yes, you have got to keep Chuba Hubbard. That that's not even up for discussion. Right. But if you don't have McCaffrey and you have Hubbard, your options are A, keep him and pray for another McCaffrey injury, because then at the very least, you have a, a running back two on your hands. Like the sick fuck that you are. Correct. Praying, like, the, praying. Like, the, like the sick fuck that you are. Yes, the sadistic fuck. Or B, go to the McCaffrey owner and try and extort him. Because the, the difference for me between... Ah, I don't know if I should really say that because I don't think I was, was going to say that there's more Devante likely Booker and Saquon Barkley. I don't think there's much of a difference at all. I don't. I think this is the same. I think I should probably should have said this earlier, but I think that you can definitely try and extort the Saquon Barkley owner for Devante Booker. Uh, yeah. I mean, you can, you can get Allen Robinson for Devante Booker. Just because of the fact. Yeah, well, what's Allen Robinson? I don't know. But I'm just saying, somebody like that with like optimism. Because just all you have to say is Saquon Barkley could, could get injured again. And then what happens? Yeah. I. Uh, hmm. Hmm. It is a what if. It's a what if, and, and I think when I when I do trades, man, this For, is what's the, the whole... first rule of fantasy football? 
Avoid risk? Yes. Minimize wow, we risk. Actually, we're actually on the same page with that one. Who would have thought? Yeah, it's, it's minimize risk. But this, but this also comes to a trade discussion too, from, from more of like a trade philosophy point of view. Like when I'm dealing with somebody, I don't go out of my way and be like, oh, if you don't do this, this may happen. Like that's just negotiating from, from, from a point of false strength. Like it's silly. Like you, the, the, if you're dealing with the Saquon Barkley owner when it comes to Devontae Booker, you have to hope that he has the common sense to rationalize things for himself or herself. You have to be able to hope that that happens. And if they don't, then guess what? You hold on to Devontae Booker because guess what? There's also a possibility that Saquon Barkley comes back is not the number one guy right away. And Devontae Booker still has a part to play in this offense. Now, we don't know the, the severity of this hip injury. That's something that has to be monitored. And we won't really have an idea of what the situation is in terms of like practice reports and things like that for another 10 days. But, you know, you, you, if you're the Devontae Booker owner and you don't have Barkley, you, you don't have to have your hand forced in this. Like Devontae Booker's value is not completely dead. It's on life support for you if you don't have Barkley, but is it completely dead? No, no, it's not. Well, I'm saying if the Allen, if, if you're, let's say we go to the person, the team that owns Saquon Barkley, and we try and do Devontae Booker for Allen Robinson, and they say, get the fuck out of here. Why would I trade you Allen Robinson for Devontae Booker? Then you can say, we're trying to give you some security. You can kind of frame it that, listen, you don't have to say, you don't have to say like, what's a nice Saquon Barkley you have there. It'd be a shame if something happened to it. You don't have to frame it that way. Yeah. But I don't ever want to go out of my way and try and pitch a trade. Like I, I hate that. I know you're that. not, you're not pitching a trade. You're if somebody's responding and saying, why would I want to do this? Then you can tell them why again, but that's kind of pitching a trade. It's like having to explain the trade to them. Like, I don't want to do that. If they ask for an explanation, see, I, I, I would never do that. Why would why, they're asking me why they should do the trade? Like, I don't have your team. I'm sending you an offer. I, I think it's pretty common sense why you should do the trade. But I'm not going to explicitly tell you, oh, yeah, Saquon Barkley, he he make it hurt again. Maybe you should take this trade because it could really give you a sense of insurance. Like, no, hell no. That's too nice, Adam. That's too nice, Adam. I, you got to be a ruthless killer when, you, when you're in trade negotiations. Have to be. Okay. Have to be nasty. This is not a nice. This is not a nice game we play. No, it clearly isn't. No, it's not. Okay. Um, as far as other running backs, you want to talk about? I mean, we kind of touched on this a little bit with Jalen Hurts. How many times have I fucking said that over the past couple of weeks? But. Um, the Eagles is Jordan Howard, a worthy waiver wire pickup this coming Tuesday. I mean, he has to be, he has to be, I mean, he was the guy 17 touches for Jordan Howard, 10 for Boston Scott, two for Kenny Gainwell. They Save Jordan Howard so when something happened to Miles Sanders, they could just pull Jordan Howard, be the fresh guy, and Jordan Howard could have himself 
the time of his life being the number one running back for the Philadelphia Eagles. Hey, Jordan Howard, do you want to be relevant in fantasy again? Yeah. Boy, do I. Yeah, but his schedule the next couple of weeks, the next two are a little, a little bit difficult against Denver, in Denver, and then versus New Orleans. Those are two matchups that I'm not necessarily, you know, super giddy about playing Jordan Howard in. I mean, he's, he's going to be a volume play. You know, I would expect somewhere probably 17. The carries that he got today are probably the right amount to expect on most weeks. But it was a close enough game where the Eagles, they, 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 they held firm for most of it, lost on a field goal with about 15 seconds left in the game. So I would say he's probably a floor ish guy with not much of a huge ceiling. So I, I, I haven't even touched rankings for next week yet. I, I, I haven't, but I would imagine that he's probably going to come in as a, as like a top 36 play for me. Okay. Maybe, maybe borderline top 30, maybe. Um, what about the saints? I mean, we didn't talk about Trevor Simeon at all, but I mean, does Mark Ingram have flex potential in deep leagues? Yes. Cause ever deep since leagues, he yeah. traded ever since he was traded to the saints, you know, it seems like he's been doing kind of well, you know, he had 7.2 points against Tampa Bay. And then he had 11.4 in full PPR against Atlanta this week. He looks motivated. That's what it looks like today. Well, he looks happy that he's back at at his old team. Yes. He looks happy, motivated, like he wants to play. And, and, you know, the Saints are a borderline playoff team. And it's better than where he was on a team that's not a playoff team in, in Houston. So... You know, the, the situation right now is, is Mark Ingram a, a flex option in 12, 14 team leagues? Yes. Would I like to play him as such? No. Like a great example is the guy we just talked about. I would rather Jordan Howard over Mark Ingram personally. Well, I think just because Jordan Howard is more likely to score on a given week. Correct. Correct. And, and probably get more touches uh, in a given week as well. Yeah, but Mark Ingram in PPR, I think the argument is a bit stronger. It's still in favor of Jordan Howard, but I still think that in full point PPR, half point PPR, you can make a, a better case for Mark Ingram than you would otherwise. In, in Probably. Non- Probably, right? Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, at this stage of Mark Ingram's career, he's not concerned with just being on the Texans. No, no, he definitely was not going to hold to do that whole rebuild thing. I don't, he would I don't like to win. He would like to win a Super Bowl potentially. Yeah, and make, and make one one you know last push on a on a team that might you know contend. And it, 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 and it helps that the the team that he's on is the team that he was drafted on. And it, it just it just feels right to Mark Ingram with with the Saints. You know, you you have guys that belong in a certain spot. Peyton Manning with the Colts, Tom Brady with the, with the Buccaneers, Mark Ingram with the saints is one I'm of sorry, those guys. What, I'm sorry. What, what was that? What was that second one? I've said it to make you feel good. I, I, I didn't want, I didn't want to say the first one, Tom Brady I, with the Patriots. I was going to roll my eyes regardless. 
Okay, good, good. I said it to make you feel better, Adam. Okay. So I didn't have to say the Patriots, but yes, of course, Tom Brady with 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 the Patriots. Oh, good. Okay, good. Yeah. Demarcus Ware with the Cowboys. That's another one. Jason Witten with the Cowboys. No, it's Demarcus Ware with the Broncos. Where he Fuck actually, that. Where he actually won a Super Bowl. Fuck that. So the Packers did actually end up scoring. Alan Lazard caught a 20-yard pass from Jordan Love. Oh, well, that's great. Was that his first career touchdown? Jordan Love? Yeah. Yep, it is. Wow. Well, there's a trivia question. Well, the Chiefs, the, the, Alan Lazard is going to be the answer to a trivia question. Who did Jordan Love throw his first career touchdown to? The answer, Alan Lazard. I don't even know who Sam Darnold threw his first career touchdown to. I don't remember. Um, I think it was yeah. Robbie Anderson. Or was if you it wanna, If you want to talk about, start talking about the receivers and get the top 10 for the receivers, I can have an answer for you. I'm going to guess, actually. Okay. Take a guess. I'm going to, I'm going to guess that it was. I'm, yeah, I'm going to guess that it was Robbie Anderson. I'm going to take a guess and say it was. Huh. I'm going to say Chris Herndon. Chris Herndon so good, did, did have a good year that year. But, but we're, gonna, think, we're about to find out. Give give the top 10 for the receivers, and I'll have an answer for you shortly. I don't even remember too many of the receivers on that 2018 Jets team because those receivers were awful. You know what? I think I know who it was. I'm changing my answer. I'm going to guess it's Quincy Inouye. You should have stuck with your first answer. It was Robbie Anderson. Shit. Robbie Anderson on a 41-yard touchdown against the Lions. Oh. Well, yes, that Lions game was great. And it was all downhill from there. <laughs> All downhill from there, yes. But yeah, Zach Wilson threw his first career touchdown to Corey Davis. Answer to your question. Who did Zach Wilson throw his first career touchdown to? The best receiver in the National Football League, Corey Davis. Speaking of great receivers for the Jets, Elijah Moore, at time of recording, wide receiver one. Yeah. This is a motley crew. I don't even remember. Okay. So the top 10 in receivers goes Elijah Moore, Devonta Smith, Keenan Allen, Olamide Zacchaeus, Marquise Brown, Malik Turner, Brandon Ayuk, Tim Patrick, Hunter Renfro, and Michael Pittman Jr. Ask the first question. You know you want to. So bird. What's the uh, long-term rest of season value for Elijah Moore? Um, I mean, he could be a flex. Could be. I don't want to say definitely. Like, I, I don't think we're going to have him. He may crack my top 36, maybe. I guess it depends on whether or not Corey Davis plays or not. But... Yeah, I mean, he, he, he he's a fine ad. I mean, mm, they play Buffalo next week. Mm. Oh, God. Yeah, they do play Buffalo next week. Hey, play- hey, you know what? You know what, though? The Jets can definitely beat Buffalo because if the Jaguars can beat Buffalo, anybody can beat Buffalo. Yeah, I don't know. And don't they know. had, let me tell you, that was a nice score to that game. Sure was. That was a nice score. Urban Meyer... Couldn't have planned that one any better. Uh, I was talking to Bird before he came on air. And I was like, is it 
like I was I caught that I never caught that uh, Buffalo Jacksonville game. Was it like a monsoon? Was it hurricane season? Is is there a hurricane in Jacksonville? What's going on? Why was it nine to six? And Bird told me there wasn't a cloud in the sky. It was just one of those games. And I believe I said last week that it could be a crime scene. Well, it was a crime scene, but not the way that I imagined. Because even in a 9-6 game, the Buffalo Bills still somehow managed to be the most confusing team on the day. And that's even with Dallas not even putting up a single point until the fourth quarter. The Buffalo Bills somehow managed to make the Dallas Cowboys look somewhat okay. So, Buffalo, I tip my hat to you. Well, Buffalo has been making Dallas look somewhat okay since nineteen since the 90s. It's true. Very true. Very true. And, and let's not get it mistaken. Let's not get it mistaken. Dallas, we're still going to the Super Bowl. It's okay. It's okay. But continue to put those deposits down. If anything, if anything, this may be a great time to do it because the deposits may actually be lowered down. So you got to buy them while they're cheap. You got to buy them while they're cheap. So put those deposits in. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, just, just wait, just wait. And, and, and funny enough, I, I, I do want to put this out. This was an article that I, I was an article I was reading this week. That was the first article that I saw. It was a bold second half predictions list. And it was that the Cowboys win the Lombardi trophy. And of course the Cowboys that come out and do this. So the moral of the story here is don't read bold second half prediction articles where there could be some shit like that involved. I, I'm not even going to respond to that. P- please don't. And, so, also, and also Malik uh, Turner has zero fantasy value the rest of the way. Don't even consider picking him up. He's probably the sixth receiver that we have. He was projected to have zero points. With good reason. And he got 20.3. With good reason folks good reason um you know even with the absolute shit show that happened in duval county stefan diggs actually did actually had like a an okay day all things considered borderline borderline floor day with what i would look for from a receiver yeah i mean you don't you don't want that to happen but yeah. If any, if anything, he didn't, he didn't break your back. Mm-mm. It was solid. It was solid. It, it, it uh, wasn't in a like, six in a six point game. Stefan Diggs was able to still put up fourteen and a half fantasy points. That's good. That's good. Unlike those poor souls that started Tyler Boyd. Yep. Well, I went up against Tyler Boyd in a spot today, and that team's not going to put up seventy five points. So. But, Jared, uh, you got lucky. You know, but, actually, um, did we talk about? We did talk about Odell Beckham Jr. That he's like officially cut from the Browns. Yes, he's giving yes, out waivers on Monday. Yeah, I touched on that on the um, at the very end of the waiver show that he's officially a a free agent. Then the man is free, free Odell. That is the dumbest t-shirt campaign I've ever seen. Literally awful. They made it seem like he was in prison. I'm like, he's just being cut by a team that didn't and want he's going, him. And he's going to get paid millions. And he might go to a team to just go win a Super Bowl, potentially. Exactly. 
stupid. What a what a sad experience. What a sad existence being a receiver in the NFL. I mean, oh, come on. Terrible. Terrible. Um, speaking of Odell Beckham Jr., Donovan Peoples Jones. Hmm. Hmm. Now that is a performance. You get rid of Odell and look what happens. Two catches for 86 yards and a touchdown. Now, you love to see it. Now, the two catches is not good. Boomer bust. But there is an opportunity for Donovan Peoples-Jones to become the number two receiver for the Cleveland Browns. If that means anything, he could be worth an ad. If it means anything. It doesn't really mean much. No. No. You're the number two receiver on a team with a quarterback with a barely functioning shoulder? Correct. Correct. That is a worry. But if you are struggling for receiver help, that could be something that you uh, that you uh, that you try and uh, and get a hold of. Not to mention a team that also likes to run the ball a lot. Mm-hmm. Yep. First, first, uh, first move is to uh, is to run. But um, yeah, he could be he could be worth worth the uh, worth the ad. Uh, I can tell you who's not worth the ad, and that is Olamide Zacchaeus. Uh, do yourself a favor. Do not pick up Olamide Zacchaeus on your waiver wire. Thank you very much. I will say someone that could be worth the ad. It's a guy that Adam started, Brandon Ayuk. Welcome back to the if you if you dropped Brandon Ayuk, welcome back to the club. Pick him up. Do not start him though. As Adam likes to say, do it again. I might I might end up start. Well, listen, I don't know what the fuck my team's gonna look like as far as um next week is concerned because i have no receivers so i might have to start um brendan ayuk just brendan out of sheer... next week is going up against the rams so i tip my cap to you sir well i think the debo samuel is probably going to get the jalen ramsey experience it, 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 i don't even know if there's really such thing as a as a jalen ramsey experience anymore because he's not they don't play him as a traditional corner they don't. I, I I've said it before on, on the on the podcast. If you watch the way the Rams are, are are set up defensively now, Ramsey floats all over the place. So he isn't a traditional takeaway side of the field. He, he he kind of plays like a safety role, and he just kind of drifts. How dare you ruin my running joke? I, it really is sad to see the running joke end, but he's kind of you know he does his thing. Um. Ask okay, away about ask away about anything else regarding the um regarding the receivers because I, I have to do some uh, some research here. So please so please hold. I have a question actually about Brennan Ayuk sure. regarding my team. And sure. maybe other people have this problem too. Sure. So my receivers. No immaculate stat line this week. Okay. Very sad. So my receivers are as follows. Okay. Stefan Diggs. Corlin Sutton, Brandon Cooks, Brandon Ayuk, Michael Gallup, who looks like he's going to be coming back next week. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then I think I have, yeah. And then it's Darius Slayton because why not? I might just drop Darius Slayton is, 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 has a spot in the, uh, on the waiver wire coming. Yeah. I'm going to probably drop him, but anyway, so forget Darius Slayton. So those guys, who would you start out of those five players? Say them one more time. Diggs, Sutton, Cooks, Ayuk, Gallup. Uh, the first, the first three. It's the first three, a hundred percent. Diggs, Sutton, Cooks. Again, That's it, yeah. It, it's a wait and see with Ayuk. You have him, great, but don't expect anything from Ayuk until he does it. Adam, again. Thank you. Do it again. Do it again. Yeah, I mean, basically, I started Ayuk because I had nobody else. You had no other choice, and it paid off. Mm-hmm. And I started him at flex. Not at, I started the first three guys at receiver. And it paid off. And it paid off. Um, anybody else that you want to talk about as far as the receivers are concerned? Uh, don't panic with the Cowboys, guys. Fluky game. Start them up next week. Don't really worry about it. Uh, outside of that, uh, Jamar Chase is terrible. He should be dropped in all formats. I'm just kidding. Shitty game for, for Jamar Chase. He was clamped by Denzel Ward. I told people this. I told people this. That Denzel Ward is just going to follow Jamar Chase all over the field. That's exactly what happened. And Denzel Ward got a 100-yard pick six out of it. The one... I thought it was 99 yards. Was it 99? They said so. they said they said on the broadcast 100. Okay, so 99, whatever it was. People are going to hate me for this take, but it's okay. Joe Burrow has got to do a better job of not staring at Jamar Chase. Everyone knows where he's trying to get the ball to. Everybody knows it. And you have three other good receivers on that team. Joe Mixon, Yes, I'm calling him a receiver because he's a pass-catching back. Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins. You have other guys that can catch the ball. Joe Burrow has got to do a better job of looking off Jamar Chase because his first read uh, on a pick six, clear as day. He's staring at Jamar Chase. He wants to go to Jamar Chase. And Denzel Ward has that red. So... Look, I'm not saying it's bad for fantasy. I'm not saying it because I'm bitter about not having Jamar Chase. It's just the truth. It's a football take that Joe Burrow has got to do a better job of not staring down Jamar Chase every opportunity that he gets. Because, yes, again, everybody on the field knows that you want to go when it's close to the end zone. Everybody on the goddamn field knows that you want to go to Jamar Chase. Everybody knows it. And it, it got to a point today where I give credit to the Browns. They zeroed in on that. They said, we're going to do our very best to take Jamar Chase away. And they did that. And the Bengals absolutely struggled because of it. So great defensive playing by Cleveland to take Jamar Chase practically out of the game. And they said, okay, if we're not going to let Jamar Chase beat us, have it be T Higgins who had a very solid day. Have it be Joe Mixon, who had a very good game. Have it be Tyler Boyd, who didn't do anything. And nothing happened. So you know what's going to happen now is teams are going to see that, and teams are going to start 
to play the same exact way. Because as we know, Adam, this is a copycat league. Everybody is going to catch on to this. And lucky for Cincinnati, they have the bye. Then they go to Las Vegas, to Pittsburgh, to the Chargers, San Francisco. No, actually, they're home against Pittsburgh. Home against Pittsburgh. My apologies. So they have three straight home games at Las Vegas, Pittsburgh, Chargers, San Francisco. At Las Vegas when they come off the bye. Those are four games right there that are should be prime opportunities for the Bengals to pass. But then you have two daunting matchups in the fantasy playoffs at Denver and then at home versus Baltimore. And then if you get past that, you get Kansas City in week 17, which, well, chef's kiss. Well, not to toot the own horn, the horn of my favorite team, but, you know, I think that the Jets did, outside of the touchdown, the Jets did a pretty good job of also minimizing Jamar Chase's impact. He scored, though. Yeah, but still, they held him to 13.1 fantasy points. Well, the 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 they did a solid job with that. Yeah, I'll give them. I'll I'm give saying, them I'm sure Cleveland. You know, I don't know. Whatever. Regardless, well, it was the, um, it was the lowest. It was the lowest output for Jamar Chase on the year so far, and even then, it was six catches for 49 yards. Had had the fumble, of course, and had two carries in this game. They tried to get Jamar Chase involved, but there was just no, there was no room for. For anything. I mean, Jamar Chase, look, I'm not saying sit him by any means, but all I'm saying is that there needs to just be a better job by Joe Burrow of trying to keep it a bit more of a secret as to where he's trying to throw the ball. Because again, everybody in the goddamn field knows you're trying to give it to number one. Everybody fucking knows it. You want to hear a weird stat? Sure. As I'm looking at Jamar Chase's stat line, this is just freaky and coincidental, but Jamar Chase has scored 13 in a decimal fantasy points on four occasions. He had 13.4 points against Chicago, 13.7 against Jacksonville, 13.7 again against Detroit, and 13.1 against the Jets. That is a little freaky. Consistency. Yeah. Very, very consistent. All right, you want to move on to the tight ends? Mm-hmm. So the top five or top 10, let's go, let's go top five because, you know, George Kittle, look at that. A familiar spot. Yeah. George Kittle scored for the first time in what feels like forever. Yeah. I played him in two leagues this week. Don't remind me. They're going to ease him back. Mm -hmm. Okay. Did they say he only played half the game? He's only going to play half the game. Yeah, they were going to ease him back into action. Mm-hmm. Okay, Kyle Shanahan. Oh, oh, George, George Kittle, he's on a pitch count, quote-unquote. Ladies and gentlemen, I am here to report to you. This is a Basement Talk podcast fantasy show exclusive. Kyle Shanahan hates fantasy football. That is the story. I don't think that's news. No, it is not news. Kelsey, number two. Darren Waller, number three. Steven Anderson, number four. Donald Parham, number five. Evan Ingram, number six, Ryan Griffin, number seven, Jared Cook, number eight, Dan Arnold, number nine, Hunter Henry, number 10. Three tight ends for the Los Angeles Chargers placed in the top 10 for the week. What? Yeah, I don't know. 
That is never going to happen. You do not want Steven Anderson. You do not want Donald Parham. Junior. Junior. Again, this is what we this is what we said last week. Let's just let's just play this game again. You had one, two, three, four, five. Maybe you had six tight ends out of the top ten that were not even started in leagues. Anderson, Parham, Ingram, Griffin, Cook, Dan Arnold. Then it was Hunter Henry, and then it was the top three tight ends that were draft that were in pre-draft. Kittle, Kelsey, Waller. I mean, Steven Anderson is literally not owned in any league. Nope. In ESPN. Is, is Donald Parham? Point He's three. Owned. Point three and Ryan Griffin, point one. Ah, <sighs> I hate fantasy football. There we go. There we go. That needed, that needed to be said. Um, if you did that, not have any of those guys, if you had Mark Andrews, Mike Kosicki, Dalton Schultz, Kyle Pitts, you're fine. You're fine. Just a down week for those guys. Mike Kosicki, I'm a little surprised, didn't have more of a day against uh, against Houston, but. Had eight targets, was looked at in the passing game a ton. You're not concerned about Mike Kosicki at all. Mark Andrews, hey, you know what? Minnesota took him away. Ten targets, reeled in five, should have had a touchdown, dropped one in the end zone. Better days are ahead for Mark Andrews. You don't you don't really panic about that. But Mark Andrews is really inconsistent, though, as far as a tight end. He's not, I think, I don't know. I don't think he's really in the top four. There's not really a top four anymore. I don't know. Mark Andrews is just very inconsistent as far as tight ends are concerned. We'll put it this way. When you, when you look at his game log, he hasn't had more than an 18 point game except for the 41 point explosion that he had on Monday night football against the Colts. Mm -hmm. And every game, every game outside of that, He's been either five receptions or three receptions. See, that's a weird stat. To a T. He is either five or three catches outside of the 11 catch, 141 yard, two touchdown performance versus the Colts. But again, he only has three touchdowns on the season. Yes, with two of them coming against the Colts and one coming against the Chargers. Should have had one in this game, dropped the ball whatever you're not worried about Mark Andrews necessarily you're not you're not he's in a great offense he's Mark he's Lamar Jackson's number one target you're not worried about Mark Andrews if you're worried about Mark Andrews trade it trade it but do not be Mark Andrews is f-i-n-e he is fine he is fine and people who are concerned about Mark Andrews Need to R E L A X relax. I have one question. Yeah. Not about Mark Andrews, but sure. about the Cowboys. Sorry. Um, I'm sure you've heard about Blake Jarwin. You could say that. I know you might still be in mourning about him being placed on IR. No. This no. is Dalton Schultz's time to shine. Love it. 
Dalton Schultz, time to shine. You're firing him up for next week? Hell yeah. Against Atlanta? At home versus Atlanta? Hell yeah. Bounce back game for the Cowboys next week. Book it. Book it. Book it. All right. Man, I just slammed my book. Book it. And maybe I'll see if I can get tickets to that game. I'm pretty close to Dallas. (laughs) The Cowboys are going to the Super Bowl. Get your tickets. Get your tickets. Oh, okay. One one loss is not is not going to break us. We're good. We're good. We're good. Terrible game. Terrible game all around. Teams are allowed to have bad games, but you know what? All the media will talk about is how the Cowboys just completely suck against the Broncos. Meanwhile, the Bills put up six points versus the Jaguars. But all we're all we're going to talk about is the Cowboys. Of course, of course. See now you know how it feels to be a Leaf fan. Us us against the world. I feel like a Leaf fan. Maybe I am. Maybe you know what? I'm going to be a turncoat. I'm going to be a turncoat. Oh, no way you're going to be a Leafs fan. Absolutely. I'm going to be, I'm going to be on the, uh, I'm going to be a fan of the teams that the, the media hates or loves to pick on. So let's say we got the Yankees. I'm good there. We got the Cowboys. I'm good there. We have to go to the Maple Leafs. Absolutely. Let's go there. Have to be a Lakers fan. Uh, no, because they have LeBron. They have LeBron. So I can't say that. I got to be a 76ers fan. Yeah. The 76ers. And then I have to be a Manchester United fan. Uh, no, uh, Arsenal's good. Arsenal's good. The media hates us. That's okay. Honestly, you should be a Barcelona fan because the media really hates them. Uh, they liked them when they had Messi. They liked them when they had Messi. I mean, come on, UEFA. They, they, they you don't, you don't, you don't get the nickname UEFA Lona for no reason. Actually, you really you should be a Man City fan because the media hates us. No, they don't. Come on now, that's silliness. Ben Ben White looked like in in his prime Paolo Maldini versus Watford, and all I had to hear about was, "Oh, Ben White, he, he is he struggling to justify his 40, 40 minute, 44 million euro price tag?" Like, fuck you. We're in the top five. We're going to be in the Champions League up the Arsenal. I can't think of a well. Maybe it is the Lakers for for the NBA or the Sixers. Or the Nets, or no? no you should... they, everyone loves the Nets. Come no, on it, now, you could you could actually keep being a Knicks fan. I could keep being a Knicks fan, yeah, because because of Jim Dolan. Thank you, Jim. Actually, fuck you, Jim. Sell the team. Ah, I love it. I love it. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Jim Dolan. Um, but yes, the top three tight ends, very good. Keep keep playing them the rest of the year, and uh, yeah, that's uh, that's about it. Let's go enjoy some Sunday football. Yes, let's do that. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes wherever you get your podcasts. For my co-host at Birdsall, I'm Adam Castor, and we'll talk to you next time. Since I can't say the Cowboys are going to the Super Bowl since we lost, the Arsenal are going to the Champions League. Book it. Get your tickets. Bye-bye.